Shoemakes, I think the age is 18 to 39 on that, and that's going to be at her house, so contact her with any questions. The 24th is our first care group luncheon. I was super excited when that was first announced. I didn't realize it was already time for that, and I'm excited. Uh, the 30th is Northeast Ladies, Ladies Conference in McKinney. And then care groups, if you don't know which care group you're in, there's a care group for everyone. So contact Sister Lisa or Sister Dot Lipscomb. That's who you need to contact for that. And then they're still taking candy donations for Superhero Night. This will replace our trunk or treat, okay? And they want they put on here, it has to be wrapped, so don't bring unwrapped candy. And then um, prayer requests, we have Brother Dickey. I think the last I had heard on him, he was recovering much better than the previous days. And Steve Crawford, Erlene Edwards, John Roberts, Randall Clark, Eileen Lehman, and Steve Munkers. So why don't you go ahead and stand up. And if you don't have any needs you need to pray about, maybe you could pray for these. God, I pray that you would have your way in this place. You are so wonderful, God. You're with us through the mountains and through the valleys, God. I think that's when we see that you're truly faithful, is that even in the rough times, you remain there, God. I praise your name, God. I pray that you touch every need spoken. I pray that you would continue to pour out on your people, God. And those who don't know you, God, I pray that they would have a revelation of who you are and what you can do and how you can change us and take the old and make it something new. Thank you, Jesus. You hold my every moment. You calm my raging seas. You walk with me through fire and heal my 
attest to that. He's still more than enough for me. You're still the best decision, God. Oh, yes, God, I bless your name, Jesus. Jesus' name. At this time, we'll take our offering. Thank you, Jesus. Right after the offering, we'll hear from someone who's not a stranger to us, our brother Proctor. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. God, I thank you for the opportunity to give, God. I pray that you would have your way in this place, Lord. Help us not to leave the same way that we came, God. But I pray that we will leave changed and equipped by you, God. Let your spirit come alive in us, God. I thank you for this church house. And bless it to your name, in Jesus' name. Worship the King. Worship the we are in His presence to magnify and seek. When we seek His face, His glory fills this place as we worship the King. Worship the King. Worship.
Well, it's good to see everyone. Enjoy. I always enjoy hearing you sing. I always enjoy that. And uh, appreciate the goodness of the Lord. Anybody tired here tonight? Well, I am. And I'm not going to keep you all night. And I told one church that, and then I preached two hours. You know what I tell the young people at school? They'll say, oh, my God. I say, you better call on somebody you know. <laughs> I got tickled with one of them the other day. That they was carrying on at 17. You know, I said, you know, uh, I'm 54 years. I'm 37. I'm 59 years, 69 years old. And I got more experience than you even lived. So don't stand there and try to tell me what all you know. Now let me ask you what you really know. And I told him, I said, now, you st they said, they spit out some long word, and I said, uh, spell it. Since you know what it is, spell it. They proceeded to spell it. I said, see how dumb you are? I said, spell it. Uh -uh. I didn't say nothing about that word. I said, spell it. I said, man, you dumb as a box of rocks, ain't you? And you're going to be our next generation going to teach us? And all the other kids started laughing. He got tickled. I have a lot of fun with those kids. We, we just really enjoy ourselves. And, but uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I'll give you a little report on my wife. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows by now, but I, I didn't have a choice. They, they told me I either had to get a sitter or she'd have to go to a facility. And I cried all the way out there. I said, I feel like I'm a little boy taking his puppy dog to the pound. I said, I said, Vicki, I feel like I failed you. I've done it. She said, John, you have been at this for four years. And you know, when we went out there, we put her at Heritage where Sister Billy Bolton is and Sister Lois Weems. And uh, when we walked in, there was a feeling come over me that this is where you're supposed to be. And my wife, she was so happy. She looked at me that night and she said, John, don't misunderstand me. I'm happy. I'm very happy. I feel relieved because if something happens, I do have emergency help. Because every time she fell, I had to, she had to call me and I had to rush home. And my job was so good to me. But I always wondered in the back of my mind, will she fall sometime when I go? And, and, and I began to realize after she was there, she said, that, John, I, I still want to go home. She said, I'm tired. I'm not going to get any better. They said, I'm here for long term. And they said, she's here until for the rest of her life. And she said, I honestly don't want it to be long, John. Please keep praying. I get to go home. So I'm asking you, if you will, if the Lord could see it in his mercy. Because if you look up the word Christian, you would see her picture right beside it. I'm not worried about where she'll go and what's going to happen. Because I know she's been faithful to the Lord and, and God, God is good and but after I got her there, I began to realize that I was doing her more damage than I was good because 
I was determined she was going to be there. And each time she was falling and she was getting closer to, to falling and doing some great damage to herself. She fell uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And, but they were there to get her and help her. And she has a button she can push. And, and so I'm just thankful to the Lord that I don't understand everything. His ways are past searching out. You know, we, we think we've got all the answers, but uh, we've heard the elders say many times, we haven't even heard the question. And we think we have the answers to the, to the dilemmas of life, but we don't. We don't even know what God's doing and, and how he's doing it. I remember when I went to work at Chisholm and, and uh, uh, as a custodian, I'll be honest with you, I've been wearing a suit and dress hat for 30 years. And whenever I went to work at Chisholm, I began to feel that in my mind that, you know, you, you, this, this, is, this is a totally different world. And finally, I rebuked myself. I said, if you have this attitude, this is where you need to be. But little did I know that I would have children that would come up to me when they graduated and write notes to me and say, I will never forget you, the things that you have said. And so the Lord moved me from a pulpit ministry to just working in a school district and helping young people talk to them, laugh with them, cut up with them. I don't know how many black eyes I've got from them boys so far. Every day they're going to bust me in my eye. I told one the other day, I said, son, you may do it, but you better get you a stepladder just so you can reach my kneecaps. I said, you're too short. And, and so we just have a great time. But you never know where God's going to put you in God's perfect plan. And, and so I resigned to that. And I said, God, you know what you're doing. You know what's taking place. And, and the scripture says, delight thyself in the Lord and all thy ways. Trust the Lord. Trust him. You know, when you say you trust someone, well, you know, that's a big word that we throw out easy. We say, I trust you, and we don't even know anybody. When you go to the bank and you sign a note and they make you put up collateral, really that means nothing to them other than the fact that they're going to uh, repossess or, or take control of what you signed over if you don't make the payment. But actually they are trusting you. You have entered into a contract that you will pay that payment. I know what it is to feel good about, about uh, having a note and then finally taking that last payment and, and saying, look, we're going to pay this off. And, and it felt good because you didn't have to worry about it no more. Can I just tell somebody tonight that trusting in the Lord, and, and when you say you trust him, you've got to really examine yourself. Do you really trust him? Do you really acknowledge him in all your ways and understand that sometimes he will take you through a valley that you do not understand and you can't comprehend, but yet you say, I trust him. I have confidence that he knows what he's doing. I have confidence that he's placed me where I'm at today. Come on, somebody hear me tonight that you can trust the Lord. You can put your confidence in him because he knows what he's doing. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. I got the Holy Ghost here September the 6th, 1970. This month, 
54 years ago. It's amazing how things have changed. Amazing how things have turned around in so many different ways. Of course, we were in the old sanctuary and the old sanctuary, when you walked out of that back door, when you walked it, if I remember right, when you walked out of that back door that you was outside and there was trees everywhere and there was bushes everywhere. That's where I got my name, Scratches. You remember that, Brother, Brother Jackie, when the, when the Brother and Sister Parsons first went to Hugo, uh, I mean, Brother Craven, Brother and Sister Craven first went to Hugo to build a, a, a home mission church. Brother Gary Weems was here then, and he said, uh, all the young people were going to go to a youth rally tonight, and Sister Cravens was greeting everybody, and of course, uh, Vicki and I were not married at the time, and he said, my name is Gary Weems. She said, I'm Vicki Henry, and, and she looked at me, and she said, you must be scratches. Because I, there was an old bulldog tree that stood uh, over there by the evangelist quarters. And I jumped across that little brook thing or whatever you call it. And those bulldog limbs caught me and it just scratched my face and I had scars there. And over there in Hugo, they still call me scratches. Some things never change. You know, it's just like a uh, 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 Simmons cat. Something never changed. You just leave some things alone. But as I got older, I began to notice things. Uh, I learned some things that made me proud, but I also learned some things that made me sad. <coughs> I learned some things that made me elevate in my walk with God, but I also learned some things that would cause me not to elevate, would cause me to go backwards because that's the way life is. It just, <coughs> nothing remains the same forever. You can, you can come in with your mind made up. I'm gonna stay just like I am. You're not, regardless if you seek the Lord or not, you're not gonna stay like you are. You will, <coughs> you'll either advance or you'll decline. But when you learn to trust the Lord. See, I remember when I first got sick and most of you remember whenever I come down with epilepsy. But I thank the Lord I've not had a seizure in like 16, maybe 17 years. I thank God for it. I've had two heart attacks. I went and had my heart uh, work done the other day, my test done. The arteries are, are all clear. The, the, uh, the heart attacks were caused by a, by a particular medication they had me on. And, uh, I, and when I went to the doctor that day, I knew something was wrong. It felt like a jackhammer going off in my chest. It was painful, but I just kept working, kept going. And, and uh, finally the doctor, they said, we got to run an EKG on you. You know, Medicare wants to know about this. And I said, oh, that's okay. He turned around at me, shocked. He said, you've had two heart attacks. I said, do tell. And so I went to the doctor the other day and he said, Dr. Shafit said, now, he said, uh, some tests are better, some, some results are not as good. Overall, you're doing good. The backside of your heart is, is pretty damaged and it'll never be any different. I said, what do I do? He said, just keep walking and keep taking your medicine. But I, I remember, thank you, thank you very much. I remember whenever I first got the Holy Ghost, I was a picture of health. I weighed 195 pounds. I was so skinny, 
my belly, my belly button scratched my backbone. And so I was a very thin person. I had, I had wavy black hair, dark, dark, dark brown hair. And if I didn't blow dry it this way, it would wave at you that way. And when Vicky saw me, she just went, she just went numb. Sister Sheila Pinnock told her, she said, there's a man in the, in the altar. And she walked in, I had a vest on. She said, he looks like Billy the bartender. Vicky and I didn't even know each other. We didn't even get acquainted for each other for a good while. And, but I remember when God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I would come out here and my favorite time of the year to come out here is when it's cold and you feel the, the cold wind. It would sting your face and, and I would walk around the house of God and I would just talk to the Lord. My favorite times is to come out here ain't Jane and when it's completely dark and, and just turn Turn all the lights out and begin to just talk and, and just, just enjoy the presence of the Lord and, and just know that he's here because, see, things have changed, but he has not changed. If he said he loved you a thousand years ago, he loves you today. If he said no weapon formed against you will prosper, and that's what he meant, and that's just how it's going to be. Somebody told me, said, I don't believe I'd be going around preaching and telling people I haven't had a seizure. You might have one. I said, if I do, I'll jump and say, jump up and say, I haven't had a seizure in five minutes. Come on, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make me be negative and, and talk about how bad it is because of God that I live for. I'm not perfect. I wish I could tell you I'm 100%, 100% of the time. I wish I could tell you I have no flaws, that I'm a perfect man. But if I was, I would not need Jesus. That's why he come, because he knew me in my imperfections. And he said he needs a God that he can trust. Can you trust him tonight to take you through the dark valleys? Can you trust him tonight to keep you through the storm? Can you trust him when it's so dark you don't know what to do? Can you trust him when you talk to him and he does not answer? Remember I've told you before, the teacher never talks in the middle of a test, so learn to trust him. So when you really say, I trust him, I remember hearing Reverend E.G. Hill. He was a black civil rights leader in the 60s. And he was in the Alabama marching with Reverend Martin Luther King. Those were dark days in our history. Things that went on that should have never went on. I remember when I was a child, they had the old Lamar Medical Center I get tickled of people, they say, that place is haunted. Everything's haunted. I'm thinking, you're haunted. Because somebody go around and talk about how haunted everything is. The other one haunted. But I remember going down into the basement, and my sister and I was alone, and there was only two white people there, and the rest of them were blacks. We got up back to my sister's room, and I said, Daddy, there's, there's nobody but black people there. My daddy looked at me and he, very stern but yet kind, he said, son, I need to talk to you about something. 
they're not just black people, they're people. They have feelings just like you and just like me. And I better never hear of you making fun of them. But we have a custom in our country. They're not allowed to be in the room with white people. Thank God those things have changed. You can sit there and act like you don't, you don't believe it, but I'm telling you, I lived in those years. I remember when they went to the back of the restaurant to get their food to take it home. I remember a lot of things, but you know, uh, Evie Hill was preaching his wife's funeral. And he said, I have an earthquake of 11.5 on the Richter scale. He said, I am talking about my lover. I'm talking about the most precious woman that I ever had in my life. He said, the Lord spoke to me whenever he took her and said, trust me. And he said, I said, Lord, trust you. You took the most precious thing that I have. My heart is ripped open. I don't understand because, but you tell me to trust you. He said he got a lot of phone calls. We're going to kill you. And they would, they, we, we, we're going to kill you. And they cuss him and call him bad words. And, and one morning he got up and, and uh, he went outside to get the paper. They, they lived in a two-story house. And he got his house coat on and, and his slippers and walked outside. And here come their car slowly. And he looked up and his wife was in her house coat. And she looked at him and kissed him. And she said, you can leave now. There wasn't a bomb in it. What a woman. What a woman. She was willing to risk her life because she trusted this man. And so he said, trust me. And then he thought about the words of Job. He said, though God slay me, I will trust him. Come on, what makes you spiritual is not how many devils you cast out. What makes you super spiritual is not how spiritual you sound. It's your trust that you have in him. I am glad to report to you today that Sister Dawn went to see my wife the other day and, and, and Sister Dawn, she told me, she said, John, I didn't know who she was. And now she's that place and they told me it's getting worse and worse. And it broke my heart when they said, get ready because you're liable to walk in at any moment. Her not know who you are and never will know who you are. But you know what? My mind is made up. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust. Come on. I'm not trying to give you a pity party. I'm telling you about a woman that even though, even though things are not the way we dreamed, we never dreamed life would be this way. But all that darling has known for 40 years is sickness. Her mom, her dad, and myself, and now her. But, oh, I can hear her. She can't see to read her Bible. Every morning I go there, I'll sit down, I'll read a chapter to her. She can't take much more. She's nervous, and, and she said, read me a chapter, and I'll read to her. And, 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 and there, here's a woman. It's not where she wanted to be, but I hear her praising the Lord. I hear her thanking God. Come on, somebody hear me. God may put you in a place. You do not comprehend, but you've still got to trust him. It's easy to shout out, I trust. It's easy to shout out, I have faith. 
Wait till the storm comes. Do you rejoice in the midst of the storm? You better learn how to. Come on, the, it is, you know, you, when you're under pressure, you're up to your neck in hot water, you got to have the spirit of a tea kettle. You're still whistling. It doesn't matter what goes on. I hear people all the time, they say, Mr. Proctor, I didn't know you could sing. I can't, I'm just singing. And I'll just hum away of something while I'm working. And, and one of the teachers said, you know, I sang that song all day long yesterday while I was working at my farm. And he said, I just could not get away from it. I'm here to tell you that you cannot get away from the love of God. It's like the hounds of heaven have been turned loose. And you might decide, well, I'm gonna go this way. But the Bible said the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Your heart is in the hand of the Lord. He squeezes it. And then you say, well, I changed my mind. No, you didn't change your mind. God's mercy has brought you where you're at. Hallelujah. I'm totally amazed when I watch people who really trust him who learn how to trust the Lord with all of their heart. Lean not into your own, and you know, my understanding gets me in trouble. Sister Dot, I was gonna make a chocolate cake some years ago, and the understanding was so much vanilla extract, so much this, so much that. And I didn't have no vanilla extract, but extract is extract, right? So I put lemon in the chocolate cake. I did. In fact, that vanilla tastes so good, I went ahead and double-dosed it because I wanted it to really taste good. Now, Vicky come home to dinner that night, and I had grilled chicken. I, I remember it well. I had grilled chicken I'd cooked on the grill, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, none of that frozen junk, baby. No, baby. I mean, I cooked it. Don't sit out there and look at me like I can't. I'll throw this thing, hit you right between your eye. Anyway, I, I had it all done, and, and, uh, and so, you know, that was a beautiful chocolate cake. I've got to admit it. Oh, Will Saunders, you say, no brag, just fact. It didn't slide. It didn't crack. I had that, I don't know what you call it, but that dark, rich, real, real dark chocolate uh, 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 cake. Uh, uh, what you put on the cake? Y'all don't know? Icing. I was just testing y'all to see if you, I can't, I'm having a hard time remembering because I'm pretty tired. But anyway, I put that icing on there. It didn't slide and it was the most beautiful. I'm telling you, it would have got a blue ribbon, baby. I promise you it would have. But in the back of my mind, I said, you know, I, that wasn't vanilla, but extract is extract. And I talked myself into it. But in the back of my mind, when Vicki got through eating her supper, she looked at me and she looked at that chocolate cake. She said, now for the best of it all. Have you ever heard that term, son? 
Well, that come off of 24th Street. She took a bite in that cake. She rolled her eyes back. She smiled. She says, son, what did you put in that cake? I said, well, I didn't, I, I didn't have no vanilla extract. You know, extract is egg. So I put lemon extract. She said, don't you know lemon and chocolate don't mix? I said, well, I do now. You know, peanut butter and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, dill pickles makes a good sandwich. Celery and peanut butter is good. Uh, there's so many things you can make, and, and you, this is good. But I promise you, don't use lemon and chocolate. It don't work. I put that in the backyard. You're talking about respect. I don't get no respect. I put that cake in the backyard and the birds went together and put the window screen back on the kitchen window and said, we don't want none of this. Never made another cake like it. She trusted me. Boy, did she get surprised. You know, sometimes when you trust the Lord, you really get a surprise, don't you? Brother Jack, I remember you telling me about the passing of Sister Craven. Said you never seen anything like it is. I remember her calling me just the day before she died, and she said, "Brother Proctor, I just called to tell you die, tell you bye, because I, it's time for me to go home." My old dad. Some of you won't remember. Most of you won't remember him. My daddy uh, was a quiet man. He was he was half Cherokee, and uh, he 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 brought me up with the mindset of the Cherokees. And he thought like the Cherokees did. I did not realize that till we went to Oklahoma and pastored the church in Oak And then I realized my dad, he really thought like the Indians did. And he, he had a lot of ways and not, a lot of, uh, not superstition, but just traditions like they had. And, and uh, he passed it to me. And, and I have a lot of ways. I just don't share it with people because people don't understand some things. But my, but my dad was a quiet man. I never heard him laugh out loud in my entire life. I never heard him say I love you one time in my life. But I knew he did by the way that he treated me. He was a good man. He was a man that loved God. People didn't know it. When he prayed, he was a whisper. You remember hearing Brother Larry Bell pray? It was a whisper. But that man loved God. Brother Alton Bristow, man, I tell you what, he don't get all keyed up, but he loves God. Well, there in Oak we had a man by the name of Sonny Johnson. He was Seven Eights Creek. And, uh, and so I knew we was having a move of God when Sonny Johnson would go like this. And that was it. People would be shouting, running, and old Sonny Johnson goes. Man, he was so excited. He was. People just didn't know it. My dad was like that. But let me tell you something else about my dad. He trusted the Lord. He knew God would make a way. He told me one day, he said, son, remember this. It pays to live for God. Your dad has not always been perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes. But son, trust the Lord. I said, okay, daddy. The day before he died, or that day he went to, used to be the palace drug over there on 7th and Bonham. 
He walked in and he told them, he said, I won't be back. They said, you going on vacation? He said, no, it's time for me to go. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm trying to tell you I'm going to die. I'll be gone before you see me next time. You'll never see me again. Oh, Mr. Proctor, you're going to be okay. You want us to call the doctor? No, no, I know what I'm talking about. It's time for me to go. He went to Gene the jeweler, and Gene the jeweler told me this himself. He said, your dad walked in. He said, he brought me a lot of credit. I never had one person to go bad. And he would say, he'd say, Gene, this person is good for credit. I never had one person. He said, your dad was a good judge of character. He could judge people. He was, he was smart with figures. He, you couldn't fool him. A lot of people thought they did, but he just ignored it and walked on. But he said, Gene, I come to tell you bye. He said, well, where are you going? He said, well, Gene, you won't see me no more. It's time for me to die. It's time for me to go, to go, to go be with the Lord. And, and so he walked out. Gene said, I'll remember, never forget how I looked at him. I thought, that is strange. He went to Dr. Larry Walker's office, who is deceased now. He walked in. He said, I wanted to come and tell everybody bye. They said, Mr. Proctor, are you okay? No, it's just time for me to go. He said, uh, because I, I, know, I know it's time to go. So he went home, and that night he laid down, took a deep breath, and that was it. And ever Dr. Walker told me, he said, I remember him coming in. He was such a gentleman. I always look forward to talking to your dad. He was kind. He was sweet. But you know one thing he did do? He taught me. A lot of people didn't know he taught me, but he taught me how to trust. He taught me how to value the things of God and how to value relationships. Come on, somebody hear me. you got brothers and sisters in here right now, those on Facebook that are going through hell on earth and they need somebody they can trust. Somebody comes to you that don't mean you get on Facebook or go Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and start blabbing about it and talking about it. You, you just keep your mouth shut. But you don't know what they did. You don't know how evil it is what they did. Really? Well, let's talk about what you did. Because arrogancy and pride is just as evil as anything else. And so if we can learn to look at our brother, look at our sister, and realize when they are in a storm and maybe they stumble and be the first one to get there and pick them up and make sure. See, you learn things in a storm. You learn things when sickness hits your body. I used to do a lot of walking before she got sick, and, and, uh, and I still do a lot of walking on the job, and, but I would get out every day and walk when I was younger. I remember I used to bench press 100 pounds 100 times without stopping. I really did. I would, I would run three and walk eight every day. And, you know, I could not believe Brother Ronnie Martin when I looked at them people. I thought, you need to speed up a little bit. You need to put out a little bit of effort. But you know what? It only took one storm for me to realize life can change in just a moment. It did not take a whole lifetime for me to realize. When I started having seizures, I did not understand. I was treating myself because there's so much diabetes in my family, and I gained the enormous amount of weight and and so as I begin to to get sicker and sicker I begin to realize because sometimes God will allow things to come your way to let you understand 
I just think they need to try harder. You know, that's one reason why I love senior citizens. Well, I'm one of those now, so anyway. But I love them old folk. You know, that means older than me. You remember seeing them when they danced between the pew? But now they're just moving like this. They remind me of a bunch of ducks. On top of the water, they're better moving, but underneath on the inside, they're giving it all they got. I'm here to tell you, God is not going to judge me by everybody else's actions. He's not going to judge me by what you do. He's going to judge me by what I do. Come on, somebody hear me. When you learn how to really trust him. Job said, though the Lord slay me, I will trust him. So what is the sign of Christian maturity? Evie Hill said the sign of Christian maturity is not how big your church is, not how many members you got. Let's put it in Pentecostal term. Not how many devils you cast out, not how many people you see get baptized, not how big your church is, but the sign of Christian maturity is when God allows life to just zap you up and yet you stand flat on your feet and you say, blessed, blessed, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, come on, let's stand and praise him. You praise him when the bank account is full and you praise him when he's empty. You praise him when there's no worries in your heart about your finances and you praise him when you are concerned. You praise him when your health is good and you praise him when your health is bad. You praise him when you've been good and you praise him when you've been bad. If you sin, you still praise him because he's worthy of praise. Hallelujah to God. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. I'm not going to keep you long. You don't even have to sit down. I'm going to fix some clothes and let you go. And I just want you to know that, and you know it without me telling you, you can trust him. Somebody said, have you ever thought about you might go to sleep and never wake up? I said, I think about it quite often. Because, see, when you get to be 69, you start thinking, you're not going to live with that long. That's the reason why I told somebody, I said, if Vicky dies, I told Vicky, I said, Vicky, uh, she said, I, I don't want you being by yourself. I want you to remarry. I said, first of all, I don't know anybody going to put up with me. <laughs> and I don't know anybody I want to put up with. I said, I'm going to tell you, at the most, probably I've got 20 years left. Now, you know, now, you just think about it. She goes, and I'm going to remarry. Now, you know, you're going to get somebody basically your age, and guess what? She's got a few pistons missing too. <laughs> and I don't have the energy to take care of another woman for another four years. Uh-uh. And then, not only that, you do get married, and she said, oh, baby, 
Charlotte and Joe hadn't met you yet, and they want to meet us so bad. I said, okay, bring them on. And they didn't tell you they were going to bring their kids and Roro. Let's don't forget about Roro. You know, uh, Roro's house broke, and we forgot to get a kettle. And you get up about 2 a.m. in the morning, you know where you're headed, you find out Roro was not house broke. I don't want none of that. <clears throat> so if you ever hear that I'm going to get remarried, I want you to get your husband come and punch me right in the nose and say, wake up, boy. Come on. I trust the Lord tonight. He will make sound judgment. He will make good judgment. He will do what's best for me. Somebody greet one another and tell them I love you. I trust you, brother. I trust you, sister. And just sing your heart out. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes a troubled sea. Sometimes it takes a desert to get.